Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm a best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a 60-person agency based in the UK. This show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales online. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin Cruz. Now, Kevin Cruz is the founder of LeadX, but he's also built an incredible personal brand around leadership and time management. Now, he's not coming onto the show to talk about leadership and time management. He's coming onto the show to talk about how he's built his personal brand, which has included becoming a top contributor on sites like Forbes, Inc., and Business Insider. So these really high authority publications. And he shares some amazing tips and tricks about how to firstly get into those publications and get onto those sites as contributors, but then also how to make the most of that visibility. So how to write headlines, which do really well on those sites, and how to write the sort of articles that get lots of shares. He even shares a strategy which he used when he was writing for Forbes, which made his articles the most popular articles on the site. It was so effective for him they actually banned the strategy <laughs> so he's a really cool guy a bit of a marketing hacker i don't i don't think he'd mind me saying that at all and uh, he's got some incredible results from digital marketing despite it not being necessarily his core area so i hope you enjoy the episode i hope you get a lot of value from it remember to head over to exposureninja.com forward slash podcast if you want the show notes and all the links and while you're there don't forget to request the free digital marketing review This review is unlike anything that you've had before. If you've been to one of those websites where you put your website in and it just gives you a massive printout of all the things that you're doing wrong, this is not that at all. An Exposure Ninja review is where some human spends about half an hour going through your website, having a look at how you're driving traffic and also analyzing what your competitors are doing to drive traffic. We'll then put all of this into a video to show you how you can generate more leads and sales through your website. It's really, really interesting. It's really useful. And lots of people tell us it's the first time they've really had clarity on where they should be focusing their attention with their digital marketing. So head over to ExposureNinja.com to grab your review today. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show with Kevin. Well, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. I think a lot of listeners who uh, who maybe haven't heard of you because they're not in the your particular space would be blown away by the uh, the, the fact that you're basically absolutely everywhere. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> people who haven't heard of you, maybe you could give a quick intro into uh, what you're all about. Yeah, I, you know. Th- Right now, like my number one passion is all about democratizing leadership. So my background, most people would consider me, you know, a leadership author. I'm a New York Times bestselling author of some leadership books. I do talks, I do trainings. Um, But, you know, I consider myself more of just a serial entrepreneur. I've uh, started and sold a few companies now that, you know, won Inc. 500 awards for for growth. Um, I also had a few companies that have crashed and burned. So I don't want to make it seem like it's uh, it's been all <laughs> roses. But, you know, I view myself as, as really a serial entrepreneur, but using each business as a platform for making an impact and, you know, making, making a good living as, as, uh, as well. So I think, you know, people m- mostly know me from that leadership background. Uh, my best-selling book was about productivity. And so, you know, some people know me about my extreme productivity work and writing. And in a way, Tim, you know, that is something that's a little different because, 
if all you want to do is build your brand and make your money, you should really just find a dragon to kill and kill that dragon over and over and over again. And I get bored. So I bounce around <laughs> in different markets, different avatars, but I've been able to pull it off pretty well so far. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So you, you mentioned there your best-selling books. You write for publications like Forbes, you're on Business Week, Business Insider, all of the top HR publications online. You've got a podcast which publishes daily episodes, which <laughs> I can't even comprehend. <laughs> all in such a competitive market leadership. And you mentioned also productivity in the past as well, which is also extremely competitive. Right. How important do you feel like your personal brand is to, to your business ventures like LeadX, for example? Well, I think, you know, in the, it's certainly easier to market and promote a person than a company, I believe. And I think especially this time and age where we value, you know, the market values authenticity and, you know, just, just being real, having a real personality, it's easier to market a person. So for all my startups, I definitely start by pushing my personal brand out there as much as, as much as possible. But I try to then transition out of it after year two or three so that the company brand starts to, to rise up. And that also <laughs> makes it easier for me to sell the company because nobody wants to buy a company that, you know, is Kevin Cruz and could get hit by a bus tomorrow. And then that company's done. So I always start <laughs> with the personal branding and then I try to switch it over to the company branding after a few years. And you mentioned that your first book was about, or the one of the best sellers was about productivity, and now you've transitioned into leadership. So how much conscious effort do you put into sculpting your personal brand and, and transitioning between different topics? Well, I put a lot of effort into sculpting the the brand. I mean, I, I, I'm i not a marketer, you know, by, I, you know, I've never sold those services, but I'm a marketing junkie. And, you know, whether it's the the books or the the email lists or or just staying active in the community, you know, I'm very mindful of it. And, and when I do something like, uh, I actually had a strong leadership personal brand when I then took a year to write and start marketing this productivity book, you know, I did it knowing that this was counter to building up that leadership brand. And I, you know, thought it through. And, you know, my primary avatar on the leadership side of things is going to be, you know, sort of a mid-career, early to mid-career professional who's looking to raise, rise up in the ranks of their organization, you know, and become a manager, leader, uh, executive. And th the reality is, while well, the leadership stuff talks about, like, how do you manage people? How do you motivate people? How do you get the most out of people? managers these days, they also have to get stuff done, right? So, so it's very easy to say and, and authentic for me to say, listen, to be a successful CEO these days, whether it's of a business of one or 10 or 100,000, you need to know how to attract and keep and motivate great talent. But you also know how, you have, also have to know how to be productive. You have to be able to get things done yourself. So I, I've been able to kind of wrap that message, you know, to cover both of those bases. But look, you know, when it comes to the tactics, you, this is, you know, you know this better than I do. They're completely different worlds though, because, you know, if I'm, if I'm building pages and writing articles for Forbes that I'm picking out to rank for certain SEO keywords, you know, I'm ranking for productivity and time management topics. All of a sudden I'm losing traffic and time and effort into the leadership and management topics and vice versa. So 
at a higher level, it's pretty easy to, to have a broad vision mission that's, you know, the big tent that everybody can get into. But at the end of the day, if you're carving up your, your avatar, or if you have more than one avatar, then you are spreading your resources out. So, you know, I, life is short, so I just need to do what I'm passionate about. But if someone's just starting out or, you know, counting their dollars or, 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 or pounds or euros or whatever, they've got to, they should really focus more than, than I do. So how did you pick leadership to begin with, or did it pick you? <laughs> you know, I, my first, uh, my first company uh, went, went under after just a year. I was just, uh, just out of college, had no money, was literally sleeping under my desk for a year. I would get up every morning and and leave and take a shower at the local community center and then and then come back. And you know, at the time I had great self-leadership, meaning, you know, I had that discipline and and all the rest and that hustle. It I I realized later like I failed because I thought I could do it by myself. I didn't understand the value of partners and and advisors and employees and all the rest. You know, later I I started and sold a business and then another. And each business got better as I became a better leader. And at a certain point, kind of mid-career though, I, I was in, in serious danger because I mean, I was working around the clock seven days a week, not taking care of my health, not taking care of my my family. And I paid a hard price for that. I mean, I did some really stupid things and and what uh, wasn't a lot of fun to be around. Literally, I'm not making this up. The day I sold my last business 10 years ago, you know, so this is a life changing, it's like hitting the lottery, right? Like life changing amount of money is transferred into the account. I go home and I say to my wife, I'm like, hey, hey, you know, this is like amazing. Let's let just dial into our bank account. I want to make sure the money is there. Like I signed the paperwork. They said it's going over. Like I want to see it there. And she sits down, opens up the laptop and she's going into our, you know, online bank account. I'm over her shoulders and boom, there it is. Like all this money. And in my mind, it's like, wow, like I had had some smaller exits before, but this one was great. And all that hard work, all that hustle, everything's finally paid. All those people who doubted me, you know, uh, I've, I've proved proved that I'm worthy, you know, I could do it. And all of a sudden my wife says, huh, I could take half your money and leave you tomorrow and I'd never have to work another day the rest of my life. And then she <laughs> laughed. And I thought, Hmm. She said it as a joke, but that's kind of a weird joke to even think of. Like, how do you yeah. think of something like that in this moment? Well, within a year, that's exactly what happened. So wow. this was a lesson to me about like, while I had then, you know, I had self-leadership and I could lead at work and I was productive at work. I hadn't mastered the fact that we are really leaders in all areas of our life. You know, you're either leading a bad direction or a good direction. There's no in-between. And I was, my family life, you know, my, my marriage was on autopilot for several years. I just was not mindful. And, and even physically, when I was home on the weekend, my mind was at work. Common entrepreneur problem, right? So, you know, as I've, um, when I sold that last business, you know, these were the two big areas that were on my mind is like, I saw the power of leadership to finally build businesses up. And I also, you know, saw that I had found a way to work where I was, you know, then running a multi-million dollar company in about, you know, 32 hours a week. And, um, and so then I said, look, you know, for the next 10 years, as I'm now a single dad raising three kids, let me write, let me speak and, and investigate. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, on the, the 15 Time Management Secrets book, you know, I, I interviewed 
you know, a bunch of uh, billionaires, including Mark Cuban. I interviewed Olympic athletes. I interviewed over 200 successful entrepreneurs and just said, like, what's your number one secret to time management? And, you know, I was good, but now I'm like a, a productivity ninja after talking to all those guys. So what, 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 what made you choose productivity? Was that you wanted to figure this stuff out yourself and you thought it sounded fun? Well, I had seen, I had seen the power in, in again, my own life. I mean, when I was uh, like in my twenties and thirty and thought it was all about hustle, it was totally out of balance to the point where um, like my breaking point was I got pulled over. It was 530 in the morning. I'm driving to work and I see lights in my rear view mirror. I said, oh, I'm getting pulled over by a cop. He comes over. He says, you know why I pulled you over? And I said, well, I guess I was speeding. And he gets really mad. And he's like, speeding? says, I was driving uh, 55, it's a speed limit here, you know, in the slow lane. You came up on my bumper, rode tight on my bumper, then swung around and passed me uh, speeding by. And Tim, I, I never saw the cop. Like I never saw the cop until the, the lights were in my rear view mirror. So I was so exhausted. I was so out of it. You know, I was so uh, thinking about my to-do list and everything else. I literally pulled up on the bumper of a police officer. And then because he was going too slow, I just kept on going, you know, right past him until he pulls me over. And I went from that, like literally working 100 hours a week, like pulling all-nighters, no sleep, no sleep, to running a $12 million a year business on 32 hours a week. And, you know, if I had learned some of these productivity lessons like productivity isn't just about getting things done. It's about getting the right things done and still having a life, still having your mm -hmm. health, still having relationships. So if I learned some of that stuff earlier, you know, maybe, maybe things would have worked out differently in other areas of my life. So, I mean, look, that's time is life. So we all should be students. We should all be caring about productivity and, uh, and time. I completely agree. So you wrote, the, you wrote the productivity book, and I know from writing books that writing a book and having a best-selling book, they are not the same thing. So <laughs> what did you do to market that book, which I guess was the start of your, was that the start of your kind of your thought leadership journey, really? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's been going on for almost, you know, 10 years. And I think the first thing is, I mean, when people ask me, entrepreneurs ask me like, oh, what's the what's the first thing I should do? I usually say, write a book. And, and my goal for a while now has been to write at least one book a year for the rest of my life. And, you know, when you commit to that, it becomes way easier to write a book because so many, myself, like I spent all my twenties, like I'm going to write a book someday. What's it going to be about? And how's it going to be good? I need to study writing. Well, why do you only have to write one book? If you just write a book a year, you get better and better and better. You go through a bunch of topics and nothing grabs attention and gets you on podcasts or magazines or whatever as a book would. But here's what I found is for platform building, like I, uh, I, half of my books I publish through traditional publishers. Half I do independently, you know, write it and manage the production of it and put it right out through Amazon, Kindle and, and their paperbacks through CreateSpace. And what I found is for platform building, the best thing to do is to be an indie author, to do it yourself. And so that's the, sort of the first secret of, of marketing these books. The, the, all the ones that I've done the best with have been independently produced. And the reason why that's so important is, first of all, you have price control. So you know, if you want to collect email addresses um, rather than, 
you know, a dollar a copy on royalty. Well, you can just drop the Kindle price to 99 cents for, or you, know, you can do it for free for a while. You go to 99 cents, you can have special offers. You do all kinds of stuff that the big publishers won't let you do just to get attention and, and grab emails for the book. Within the book yourself, I mean, I was the first person to do your, many in your audience will be familiar with like, like the blog post upgrade or the article upgrade. So you're now doing a very specific call to action at the end of your blog post, like Mm -hmm. get a, you know, PDF version of this article or get my quick tips related to this article. And those convert hugely well, right? They're so specific. So I started putting in (laughs) calls, call to action. I call them chapter upgrades. And at the end of every chapter, I'll say like, hey, you know, you just learned about, I don't know, you know, the importance of having a most important task. Well, go here and download the MIT planning worksheet from my website. Now, this is going to blow your mind. 50%, 5-0 of all my ebook uh, audience, uh, I get their email address. Half, Whoa. I mean, nothing's converted 50%. So the books on their own are the number one way that I've used to kind of build my list and get my name out to the right people, which is really a corporate audience. And then, you know, not to go too deep on this, we can go wherever, wherever you want, but like, of course, what I do, because, <laughs> because I'm trying to optimize time, be extremely productive, I either, you know, write my book and publish articles along the way. So I'm now building the platform, the audience for that book before the book is out, or the book comes out and I do it in the reverse. I start taking chapter by chapter, section by section, and I release those as articles or blog posts with, of course, a CTA back to the book itself. So either way, you're either kind of building up your audience in advance or you're promoting your book for a year afterwards. Um, and uh, that and a good online quiz will, will do wonders. A <laughs> good online quiz we'll come to in a second. I just want to go <laughs> back to that. That lead generation from the book, because we've done exactly the same. Uh, we grew to a company of 30 people without doing any marketing other than a book with a call to action to go onto our website to get a free website review. And it does, it generates leads insane, but it doesn't go anywhere near 50%. So just, <laughs> just talk me through this. You mentioned at the end of the chapter, we've got, the productiv- right, so- we've got a chapter about productivity tips and, th- and then what happens? I mean, most people with their books, they'll put the the free download, the free bonus, usually, you know, hopefully in the very front. So it's like your first or second page. Yeah. Again, traditionally published, they don't let you do that. Indie published, you can. And then often you'll do it at the very end, like the last page. So what I'm doing is literally in the in the copy of the book at the very end of every chapter, I'm just doing a chapter upgrade on that topic. I'm trying to grab a book off my desk to see like some of the copy. So, you know, like I've got a chapter about how to take notes effectively. And the, you know, one of the secrets of extreme productivity is to carry a notebook. So at the very end, it just says free bonus to download the get the most from your notebook quick reference card Hmm. and other free bonuses, visit masteryourminutes.com. And, you know, the next chap, it's all about meetings, how to run a meeting. So free bonus to download your Maximize Your Meetings poster and other free bonuses, visit MasterYourMinutes.com. So I literally have 15 chapters and 15 different, you know, downloadable bonus items. But of course, to keep the management simple, when you go, when you go to MasterYourMinutes.com, it's like, 
to download all of your free bonuses, put your email in here. And then we just send one document. So we don't have to, you know, people don't have to sign up more than once. and We don't have to manage all those things separately. That's super, super cool. So with those very specific calls to action at the end of each chapter, I guess it's like what you said about the blog post where you have a blog post and then you'll say, download the checklist for this exact process or something. So you use very, very specific calls to action to increase your conversion rate from those. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, you know, my my last book, which was my worst performing, nobody knows it even exists. It's called Text Me, Snap Me, Ask Me Anything. And it's um, how... I've got one of those, mate. <laughs> yeah, you got one of those. Yeah, that's all, that, you're the one then. You know, it, you know, and I talk about this, The you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about like power of intimate attention, right? And, and responding. And I spend a lot of time responding to people individually. And instead of the, the chapter download, what I did in this book was every chapter ends with, so tell me what you think. And I ask a question related to that chapter And then I just say, like, uh, you know, what do you think? Either, you know, hit me up on Snapchat or Instagram or send me an email. And, you know, people uh, will will contact me that way and I will respond personally. But then, you know, they they get tagged into my uh, into my newsletter as well. Love it. Love it. I meant I've got one of those books, which is definitely not a bestseller. Oh, (laughs) It's probably one of your favorites, right? Because it's like when we do the creative, artistic, edgy stuff, we love it as the author, as the creator, but the mass market isn't isn't ready for it. Exactly. Just like TV. Everyone's like, give me more sitcoms. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So that's books. And and you've obviously used books to, (laughs) to, to, well, I mean, along with a book comes a lot of authority, right? And I guess that will help you get in the door with places like Forbes, Business Insider. Yep, absolutely. The, the the root word of authority is author. <laughs> so listeners thinking, I'd love a link from Forbes. I'd love a link from Business Week. I'd love a link from Business Insider, as well as all those industry-specific publications that you've been in. How do you go from being on the outside to being a contributor for these big boys? <laughs> the, the kind of the rules of that changes all the time. So for a while, for example, it was relatively easy to become a contributor to Forbes.com or Inc.com because it was like an arms race to, you know, who could have more people writing and building more pages and driving more traffic. And they both in the last year uh, really like basically fired a lot of their writers. You know, it's this, it's the problem of, you know, there's some people that are sending in an article a day and never have a problem. And then there's others that are pain in the button, almost never writing. So it's actually harder to get those gigs now. I would say, first of all, you know, ladder up. So like, you know, be writing for your own, your own blog or LinkedIn, you know, blog or something like that. So that where where you control that platform, medium.com, you know, might get you some more eyeballs and is, is sounds a little bit better than your own website, even though anybody can do it. Above that would be Huffington Post. Like HuffPo is very, very easy to become a writer for. Uh, and I'll come back to how you would pitch them. But like, if you've got HuffPo, no problem. You might want to start some of these other you know, smart brief or uh, a lot of like vertical market niche publications, but are, you know, legit and don't take just anybody. And I think then, you know, above that would be Inc.com. And then finally, kind of at the top would be uh, like a like a Forbes.com. And with any of these, first of all, like they're not dumb. So if there's anything about your company, your pitch, your site, the articles that they see that smells like you're just looking for backlinks, mm. they're, they're not going to they're not going to deal with you. And in fact, 
like ink.com, this really stinks. When I write articles for ink.com, you have to link three times in the first paragraph or two to other pages on ink.com and you are not allowed to link off of their platform at all. So if I'm doing a book review, I can't link to that author's page. If I link to the book on Amazon, I need to use ink.com's referral ID wow. so they get the get the commission. So they're really like, they know about this. They don't want people, you know, using them for, for the links. Now, Forbes.com isn't as strict. Like you can do legitimate links out to, you know, company names and all that kind of stuff. But they watch that very closely. And I've, you know, gotten slapped, not for doing anything like obviously, you know, link farming or anything like that. But like, you know, if I'm trying to drop a link to my podcast or like they banned anchor links. So, you know, if <laughs> three years ago, I could talk about, I don't know, employee engagement training in my first paragraph. And lo and behold, that links back to my homepage. Um, well, you can't do that stuff anymore. So like they got savvy to anchor text, all that stuff's banned. So First of all, writing for these platforms, which is a pain in the butt, a lot of work, you don't make any money, like either literally zero or very, very little. If I have a best, like if I have a top monthly article on Forbes.com, maybe that will get me $50 in, in uh, <laughs> commission from, from that. You know, it's not at all worth the time that goes into those. So you're not doing it for the money and you can no longer, you shouldn't care about it if all you're looking for is a, is a backlink. I do think it's valuable for lead, actually lead generation and just sort of brand awareness. You know, I do get speaking gig leads from, you know, those, those platforms. I, I don't have a real way to track it, but I'm sure I sell a few books and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's more about the awareness and the soft branding. It's hard to use those platforms, you know, for the, for the links. And when you, when you pitch them, you basically just have to say, look, you know, here's my bio in three sentences here's what I write on and who I write for. Obviously, it should be very close to what their audience is. And then you got to point to, you know, three or four uh, published articles. And they're going to look at, they're going to look at headlines. You know, 80% of their time is on the headline. So they're going to look at your headlines. They're going to look at your, the quality of your writing. Uh, and they're going to, if, if there's a way to see the traffic that it got, they're going to look at that too. And they definitely know like whether you're able to drive traffic or not. So, you know, you would want to say like, I'm a leadership coach and the author of this book on leadership. And, you know, I tailor my content to vice president level professionals in the Fortune 1000. I generally write on this and this and this subtopics of leadership. And here's, you know, four links to my recent posts. P.S., you know, every time I publish an article, I certainly share it with my, you know, my social media platform and email list, which comprises 100,000 people or whatever the number is. So, you know, to, you don't need very big like credentials and all that kind of stuff to get onto something like Huffington Post. You need better ones to get onto something like Inc.com and you need really good ones, you know, to get on, uh, to get on Forbes. So that's, that's kind of it. That's awesome, dude. That is fantastic. So, you're starting on fairly small publications, maybe your own site, medium, honing your chops, making sure that you've got, you know, when, when, you, when you talked to us through that pitch, you said, I'm aiming at VP level and I talk about these things. So you obviously had your customer avatar by then. You knew exactly who you were talking to. So you know your topics. 
you've proven that you can drive some traffic and some engagement and then you show them the content, they can see the content's great and then that's going to get you through the door, right? That's it. That's the formula. So when they're checking out those articles, you mentioned they're looking at headlines. Can you write a good headline? They're also going to be looking at the topics that you're writing about. I'm going to ask you about headlines first. What, in your opinion, makes a good headline? (laughs) Listicles. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) You know, now each platform will have a little bit of a style. Like there is a little bit of a difference between an Inc.com headline and a Forbes.com com headline, but not a big difference. So it's, it's the standard stuff where, I mean, all you need to do, everybody's going to, you know, these clickbaity Buzzfeed style headlines because that's what actually works. And, um, so all you need to do, like if you're whatever platform, like rather making about Forbes or Inc, like maybe someone wants to write for the, I don't know, you know, world auto mechanic association or something, whatever that is, you go to their magazine or their platform and almost all of these sites will have like most popular, right? So you just look at the most popular articles of the day, the month, the year, if you can, and you'll see patterns. You know, I, (laughs) again, I've been writing for Forbes for so long that it was a couple years back. I finally figured out, well, I realized that with some SEO research that, you know, people love uh, quotations, you know, that they, they do great on social media, 15 quotes by so-and-so, 15 quotes on this topic always do well. And I, so I said to Forbes, I said, listen, I'm going to write an article for you guys. That's going to be your highest viewed article in the history of Forbes. And I said, I just want to, let you no. guys know. and <laughs> this was before they were paying me. I wasn't a paid contributor. So this, this mistake cost me about $200,000. <laughs> Um, so I wrote, and I don't have my browser open, but if you Google top inspirational quotes, you're going to get my article, which is on Forbes and has now been viewed, I think it's like 25 million times or something like that, wow. like an insane amount. And I started doing these quote roll-ups, like in, in my spaces, you know, leaderships would be like quotes from John Maxwell, quotes from Stephen Covey, quotes from whatever. Well, they shut me down because I kept ranking one, two, and three every day, every month, over and over with these quotes. And they're like, wow, that's not what Forbes is about. You've got to, and you know, I'm driving traffic, but they didn't want, they didn't want those posts. So they banned quotes posts because of me. So then I said, okay, well, I'm going to do, I know numbers. So articles with numbers in them will outpull almost anything else. And so I started doing all these listicles, top three ways to do this, five secrets of that. I mean, even my book, 15 Secret Successful People Know About Time Management. And again, I was the one, two, and three top author article for months, like nobody else was up there. And they banned the listicles and said, Kevin, you and now nobody else, don't put numbers in your (laughs) titles. It's just looking too cheesy. Well, you know, that lasted about 90 days. And then when they started losing traffic to Inc. and everybody else, they're like, hey, everybody, if you want more traffic, start putting numbers in your headline. (laughs) So they turned it back on again. So now we can all use listicles again. So that's literally the more specific, the more curious. I mean, you know, like rather than giving the rules, like go look at all these best best uh, performing articles for the platform you want to write on. And then you can kind of get inspired by that. You know, Inc.com, I think, is a good place to look. Like, because literally, unlike Forbes, like they spend more time on the titles. They have an AB, an AB split test algorithm on their titles. So like, they're really, really good on titles. So if you watch what's performing well on Inc.com, you'll learn a lot about uh, headline writing. That's fascinating. What incredible advice, incredible advice. So 
you're saying go go to the site, have a look at what's popular already. How do you create your brand and how do you find your angle within that if you're just looking at what's popular? Obviously, you have the things that you want to talk about in your head. So are you just looking at different angles that you could take on, on the topics that you want to talk about? Or are you actually letting your topics be guided by what's already popular? Right. So I would say it depends on what stage you're at on. So for example, with when I started out, like leadership is such a broad term and topic and is so competitive, you know, starting out, you need to be the only person, well, you always really need to be the only person doing what you do. So I can't be the only guy doing leadership speeches, leadership training, that's too, too, too broad. But within the topic of leadership, there's something called employee engagement. And and that's like an HR term, just it's like employee motivation. So I narrowed down and started with that field. And then I just did, you know, Google keyword research to see, oh, you know, the number one search term is what is employee engagement? What is the definition of employee engagement? What does employee engagement mean? And so, and I went down and I had the top 40 questions people are asking about employee engagement. And those were the first 40 articles I wrote. Similarly, you know, I, uh, you know, did similar things on time management. When I first planned my time management book, I thought, you know, I did research, looked at competition. I had all my chapters figured out. And then I did some SEO research and what kept popping up was procrastination. Now, in my mind, oddly, like maybe because I'm not a procrastinator, like that wasn't a chapter in my book. And I'm thinking, well, procrastination is like a whole different topic. That's not about managing your time, but it kept coming up. So I then you know, put it into my book. And it's been one of the most popular chapters, popular articles and all the rest. I think once you've kind of covered, like, you know, okay, you've now written on, you know, your take on the top questions, you know, topics in your keyword area, in your topic area, then you can just brainstorm a little bit if you're looking to get grab eyeballs. So now I could go to ink.com. And if it says, I don't know, like Elon Musk just gave us all a lesson in leadership and it's boiled down to this one weird thing, right? Like some weird- Oh, dude, that's killer. (laughs) So, you know, like, okay, well, like, okay, my topic's not leadership and my market doesn't care about Elon Musk because I'm in, I'm a personal fitness trainer person. Okay, fine. Well, then I need to, I could use that inspiration for that headline, which I, you know, kind of just made up and, and like, I don't know that space. So whoever the hot person is in the personal fitness space, you know, if it's, what's the guy, the, the, the lean and 15 guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Joe something. Yeah. Joe something. So, you know, you might write an article that says, you know, Joe, uh, whatever lean and 15 just revealed the number one habit all people with six pack abs have. And it's boiled down to this one thing, you know, so you can take this same (laughs) formula of headlines and think about, okay, is the headline mentioning a person? Well, who's that person in my industry? Are they mentioning, you know, the leader, the secret, the advice, like it's pretty easy to do. (laughs) And then that's a way for you to, you know, on an ongoing basis, like capture some eyeballs and, you know, capture some attention. That's killer. And if you're writing that sort of thing, you know, it's going to be getting eyeballs on this site. So you know that they're going to allow you to be a regular contributor, right? This You're doing their job for them. Yeah, exactly. They want to know that they don't have to train you, that you've got some kind of track record. And, you know, again, you, you, like you want to use your own material. You want to bring yourself to it, but you're using these public platforms as market research. 
I mean, it's these platforms, it's like uh, mass psychology, you know, so the masses of people around the world like these 10 articles on Inc. more than the thousands of others that they could have been reading. Same on Forbes, same on Huffington Post, whatever it is. So you just need to look at that and say, all right, there's something about the phrasing in these headlines that is triggering, you know, a persuasion trigger in readers around the world or English language readers, I should say, around the world. So how do I take that same triggering framework, but apply it to my content area? That's so awesome. So when next for Kevin Cruz, the personal brand? <laughs> well, I, I am all about, um, you know, the, the new company this year is LeadX, LeadX.org. And I, we, it's the first company, we, we just uh, launched public beta two weeks ago. Everybody, like my mission is to provide free professional training development to anyone, anywhere, anytime. You know, if you want to get that K through 12, you go to Khan Academy. If you want, you know, free uh, college education, you can go to like a Coursera or MIT Open School. Well, now leadx.org for people who want to learn about productivity and time management, certainly leadership, people management, uh, career advice. You know, um, we just launched, we're building out the catalog, but every day is a free course of the day. And of course, people who want to participate in the, uh, the on-demand part of it, they can do that too. But that's, it's really like the, the best way I can make an impact on others, help everybody to become leaders is just go to leadx.org once a day and you'll get a free course. That's awesome. I don't know anything about time management space, but I know if someone can do as much as you do, then you've got to know some stuff. <laughs> I try. <laughs> also worth mentioning, I know you mentioned uh, in our pre-chat that you've built leadx.org to a DA of 30 in... What I reckon must what's that since March? So that's like six months, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, six or seven months. Um, yeah, the the thing I started before we even started the product is, um, you know, I think I, I believe in platforms. So from the start, I said, you know what? Why have a blog that I write for? Why don't I set up leadx.org to be all about leadership? And we recruited, I think we're up to 60 different authors who now write for the site on the articles tab. And you know, I'll keep that going to uh, to another 150. In fact, if any of your listeners want to write for leadx.org, drop me a, drop me a note. We'll set you up as a as a contributor, so you can have some validation before you go pitching Forbes and Inc. and stuff like that. But that's, I think, the number one way it probably happened. That's such a good idea. And now they know how to write good headlines as well. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. This has been absolutely fascinating. I know listeners are going to absolutely love this. So, how do people find out more about you, and where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, you know, first stop leadx.org. I, I answer all emails, Kevin at leadx.org, and I'm on pretty much all the social media platforms individually uh, as um, as Kevin Author. You know, I'm on Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, all that kind of stuff. So email or just follow me on one of the platforms and I'll be there. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. And thank you everybody for tuning in. 